0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, July 14th. I'm Julia Caulfield.
1: And I'm Matt Hoysh.
0: In today's headlines, Mountain Village joins lawsuit against TMBOA.
1: Telluride plans for its future.
0: SBG grabs Gay Ski Week.
1: And a mountain weather forecast.
0: The town of Mountain Village is joining a lawsuit against the Telluride Mountain Village Owners Association, or TMVOA, regarding state and federal law compliance and board structure. The lawsuit is being headed by a group of residents called Friends of TMVOA.
2: Essentially, uh, the Friends of TMVOA are asserting that the governing documents that govern TMVOA do not comply with Colorado law, in particular the um, Colorado Common Ownership Interest Act, as well as the Colorado Nonprofit Act.
0: That's Mountain Village Town Manager Paul Weiser.
2: In addition, um, they have significant concerns that the current structure of the TMBOA board, in particular uh, the fact that several seats are controlled by the ski company, um, is not in compliance with a letter that was issued many years ago by the IRS. And I think the concern that the Friends of TMBOA have at the moment is that this noncompliance, both with state and federal law, puts in jeopardy not only TMBOA's tax status, but the $50 million that that is currently held by TMBOA.
0: Along with TMBOA, Friends of TMBOA also filed the lawsuit against Telluride Ski and Golf. Chad Horning, a co-owner of Telski and chair of TMVOA's board, Tom Richards, the CFO of Telski and former TMVOA board member, and Jeff Proto, an employee of Telski and former TMVOA board member. Friends of TMVOA filed the lawsuit in San Miguel County District Court at the end of June. Pete Dupre is a member of Friends of TMVOA and a Mountain Village Town Council member. Speaking from the vantage of Friends of TMVOA, he says the makeup of the board is a primary concern.
3: TSG, Utelski can't can't control the board, which they do now. They have, are able to appoint three members of their management team to the board of TMVOA. They also, because of... Um, the way these voting rights occur they also control really every other boards they in the 2020 election they cast the majority votes for the lodging class and the residential class and we just think that is not fair
0: the lawsuit claims that while 90 percent of TMVOA funds are raised by resident homeowners through real estate transfer fees and assessments Telluride Ski and Golf control how those funds are used. According to the lawsuit, TMVOA holds approximately $47.5 million in cash and investments. Wiser notes, by having three Telski executives on the TMVOA board and in turn holding a large share of voting power, it could be seen as a for-profit business controlling a non-profit organization, which is against state and federal law. When it comes to Mountain Village's reasoning behind joining the lawsuit, Weiser says it's largely regarding dues the town has been paying to TMVOA based on a property it owns in Mountain Village.
2: Despite the fact that they have been paying those dues, the town has never been allowed to vote in any TMVOA election. So essentially there is a taxation without representation scenario going on at the moment and the town would like to see an end to that. Um, In addition, the town does share the concerns of the friends of TMVOA that the board and the governing documents need to come in compliance with both state and federal law.
0: Dupre says he hopes the lawsuit will result in more residential representation on the TMVOA board.
3: We're not looking for any money or monetary claims. We're, We're basically saying we want you to fix um, where TMBOA is out of compliance.
0: He adds a lawsuit isn't where the group wants to be. I just
3: think it's unfortunate that <laughs> we have to go a legal means to try to fix this, but um, you know that's where we are.
0: Wiser agrees.
3: I think
2: with every um, instance of litigation, the best outcome would be if there could be a negotiated settlement that doesn't result in protracted litigation and significant legal fees. Whether or not that's possible here, I don't know.
0: Mountain Village Town Council unanimously voted to join the lawsuit at its meeting this week. Mayor Leila Benitez and Councilmember Patrick Barry recused themselves from the vote for conflict of interest. KOTO News reached out to TMVOA and Telluride Ski and Golf for comment. TMVOA officials declined to comment. Telski officials were not available by broadcast deadline. From its past as a mining town, to a hippie escape, to a ski resort community, the town of Telluride is no stranger to reinvention and change. But what might the future hold? And who gets a say? With a report from this week's town council meeting, KOTO's Gavin McGough has more.
4: One of town council's major projects for this summer and fall is developing the Telluride Town Vision Plan. Created with the help of the urban planning firm Design Workshop, the town vision will be an intentional plan for transition and change in this mountain community. Speaking to town council on Tuesday, project lead Allison Borkwin emphasizes that listening to the community is at the heart of the project.
5: This project is about working with the Telluride community to identify what the future might look like. And that's intended to set the stage for a a future master plan update, which really can dive into some more of the um, goals and policy and regulations that might help to achieve that vision.
4: Design Workshop has been reaching out to the Telluride community primarily through an online survey. Borkrin stresses the greatest challenge at this moment is casting as wide a net as possible when asking about community needs.
5: It's not just focused on Telluride, it's really focused on the area of influence which is much broader and trying to get as many people invited into the conversation as possible.
4: Borkwin says Design Workshop is encouraged by the high level of engagement the survey has seen thus far.
5: There's already 564 responses, which um, in a community the size of Telluride is pretty pretty impressive.
4: While that number may be a high percentage of Telluride proper, Borkrin says if the town wants to respond to the needs of tourists, commuters, and regional residents as well, the outreach will have to continue. Borkrin notes that Design Workshop is working to make the survey as accessible as possible.
5: We have um, materials that are translated in English and Spanish. We have flyers. We have business cards, which has been A great way to get out into farmer's market and just hand out a business card. Someone can take it with them and take the survey later.
4: Although a full analysis of the survey results and the related town action plan won't be completed until fall, Borkwin shares some initial findings.
5: We have a question that's what's one word you would use to describe Telluride? Uh, People overwhelmingly say that it's beautiful. Um, That it's home, that it's magical, that it's unique. We're also seeing in the survey some tension in the words that are are coming to the top. There's also some things like challenging, changing, complicated.
4: Climate, medical care, and of course, housing will all be important parts of the ensuing conversation.
5: There's a challenge for workforce and the people who are really kind of on the ground every day in Telluride being able to afford housing in the area.
4: The survey, as well as updates on the project, are posted to the town's website, telluride-co.gov. It remains open until the end of August. For KOTO, this is Gavin McGough. Rosie Cusack
1: loves that Telluride Gay Ski Week provides a space for some who might not otherwise have the opportunity to be around like-minded people.
0: Oftentimes I do tell the story of um, how the younger generation, and I mean young kids who have made a point to find me and to say, thank you so much for having done this. That's when you say this this matters.
1: Until recently, Cusack was the event director for Gay Ski Week. But this month she finalized the sale of the event to another local producer, SBG Productions.
6: We just want to see Gay Ski Week continue to thrive.
1: That's Steve Gumble, president of the event and festival production company, which also puts on the Telluride Blues and Brews Festival, Telluride Jazz Festival, and Durango Blues Train. According to Gumble, the SBG team started talking to Cusack during this past Gay Ski Week about getting involved in the event.
6: And it's... Sort of evolved from that to us actually purchasing it um we're just rosie did a great job but we're really equipped i guess for lack of a better term to produce special events
0: they're a production company and i'm just a person and they're not just a production company but they're a production company that cares and they do things right and that's what i like
1: cusack says sbg wasn't the first group to approach her about buying telluride gay ski week But, SBG, she notes, is run by locals, and that's an aspect of Gay Ski Week she wants to maintain.
0: Frankly, I think it's important. I think it's important for the experience.
1: After COVID forced the cancellation of the 2021 Gay Ski Week and led to a challenging 2022, Gumbel says his team wants to bring the event back full swing.
6: And to, you know, to where it was years ago and um, expand on parties, um, events, skiing activities, non-skiing activities we're going to really focus on, so it's something for non-skier to, you know, come, maybe their partner um, doesn't ski. So we're really going to kind of just expand on what has been done in the past and uh, put the SBG shine on it.
1: But he adds, they don't just want to take over Gay Ski Week to throw a good party. Gumbel says they're also interested in supporting the social causes around the week, such as the Telluride AIDS benefit.
6: And things that support education, HIV awareness, um, mental health awareness, all those kind of things, which as the ski week becomes more successful, we'll be able to afford to support those initiatives. And, you know, that's really a, a driving force for my team at SBG.
1: As for Cusack, she won't be running the next Gay Ski Week. But, she says, she'll be there. Telluride Gay Ski Week, with its new owner and producer, will take over the Box Canyon for its 21st year, February 25th to March 4th, 2023. George and Gay Capus were legendary in Telluride. So begins a proclamation the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners will approve next week
7: gay moved to telluride with her family in 1936 and george in 1938 they were high school sweethearts and married for 65 years whereas
1: that's george county commissioner chris holstrom Liberty, reading mining, the proclamation at a gathering this week in front of the county courthouse Liberty honoring South the capuses george spent decades working for the, the idorado mining, mining company
7: where he worked for 54 years he held the first veteran service officer position for san miguel county helping veterans for over 30 years.
1: Gay likewise had a decades-long career in public service, including a sweeping tenure as county clerk from 1970 to 2002.
7: During her tenure, she saw many changes in the county clerk's office. When she began, everything was recorded by hand. At the end of her career, she implemented a brand-new computer system.
1: George passed away in 2006. Gay died this past November at 99 years old. The ceremony was this week because their family was in town to inter her remains at the Lone Tree Cemetery with George. Several community members shared memories of both Gay and George at this week's gathering. Our good time served as county commissioner during Gay's time in office. He says she was a public servant in the truest sense of the word.
6: What I loved and what I learned in politics was to serve the people. And what she did was, she wouldn't break the law, but she would bend the law <laughs> as much as you could to help the people. So she bent the law to the people instead of bending people
1: to the law. Frannie Patricia worked in the mine from 1975 to 1977. George, she says, gave her a tour on her first day.
7: Most of the miners didn't even want women under there, and some of them were rude, some of them just ignored me, but George was always just this sweetest gentleman, you know, and also (laughs) with his little sense of humor, you know, but in a fun way, not a put-down kind of humor that some people have.
1: I never once saw them fail to find a way to meet the needs of the people that came through here, no matter who they were, no matter what their value system was. Jay Kappas is George Gay's oldest grandson and one of the family members at the ceremony. They came from a period of time when the only way to survive was to work together and to take care of each other. And they did that, and then they continued to do it, even when people might have thought, I don't need that anymore. That philosophy of caring for others, he says, is a legacy for everyone to carry on.
0: About a year and a half after beginning an emergency response to relocate mine tailings on the Telluride Valley floor, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is just about done hauling material to the Idorado repository.
7: Then we're going to move into our river restoration phase. So we'll be putting in the new river channel and uh, then we'll move to our revegetation phase.
0: And we should be done by the end of July, maybe first week of August. That's Joni Sandoval, on scene coordinator with the EPA. But as one project ends, another may soon begin. The EPA has also detected high levels of lead and arsenic in tailings around the San Miguel River near Lawson Hill. Sandoval says the EPA has reached out to the Idorado Mining Company about beginning remediation negotiations. You know, we're just in the very early stages of working with Idorado as a potential responsible party. For the mine tailings. In the meantime, Sandoval says the EPA will continue to have stakeholder meetings and ensure community involvement. The work is not planned on the site for a while. We don't plan
7: on doing any uh, work at the site until 2023. So in the meantime, the Lawson Hill community is working on uh, just posting signs, uh, notifying folks where the tailings are.
0: Sandoval explains it's still up in the air what that remediation could look like, whether it's hauling the tailings off-site or using on-site methods. That depends on how much material is there, which she says they don't know yet.
1: A key factor in buying a new home is knowing your budget. This week, the Telluride Foundation announced the pricing on the new homes in the Pinyon Park neighborhood in Norwood. The housing project is a collaboration between the town of Norwood, San Miguel County, and the Telluride Foundation. It will build 24 deed-restricted single-family homes for the local workforce. According to the foundation, the homes will start at $225,000 for a two-bedroom, $325,000 for a three-bedroom, and $385,000 for a three-bedroom with an attached garage. The Telluride Foundation notes the homes are still in the early stages of construction, but plans for move-in to take place this fall. Homebuyers will be identified by a lottery. Applications will be available on the San Miguel Regional Housing Authority and Pinion Park websites on July 25th. The lottery will be held on September 22nd.
0: Blue Mesa Reservoir once resembled a deep and healthy lake but a 22-year drought, coupled with obligations to release water to downstream users, has left the reservoir below the normal high-water mark. Experts say it will take a lot more than one snowy winter to refill the reservoir. Reporter Stephanie Malterich visited both ends of the reservoir to understand its purpose and its future.
7: The Gunnison River flows for about 25 miles before it becomes Blue Mesa Reservoir, which stores water, creates power, and provides recreation opportunities like fishing and boating. Eric Knight, a hydrologist with the Bureau of Reclamation, says the reservoir has seen better days.
1: Blue Mesa reached some of its lowest levels on record last year with those emergency releases for the drought response operation.
7: The emergency releases last fall from Blue Mesa dramatically reduced its levels, but kept Lake Powell's hydroelectric power plant generating. This spring, The reservoir sits at about one-third of what's called full pool, or full capacity, and it's estimated that it won't fill more than halfway by summer's end. Knight explains the reservoir is one piece of the Aspinall unit. The series of dams are named after Wayne Aspinall, a Colorado congressional representative who worked on western land and water issues.
3: So the Aspinall
1: unit is comprised of three dams and reservoirs. We've got Blue Mesa Reservoir. That's the largest one and the furthest upstream and stores the most
3: amount of water.
7: Just downstream from Blue Mesa are the other two dams, Morro Point and Crystal. While storing water is the main function, the reservoirs in the Aspinall unit also contribute to the grid that supplies power for about 40 million people. Come on in. The Blue Mesa power plant started generating electricity in 1967.
3: So this is Blue Mesa, we have two units.
7: Eric Langley is the plant supervisor here.
3: Basically, these units are ran
2: remotely out of Page, Arizona, so we don't control any of that. We're just basically here doing the maintenance on them, making sure that they're going to run day to day.
7: We walk down some stairs to a dark basement, and Langley explains how the facility turns water to power. First, it flows through the dam into the facility through large pressurized pipes called penstocks. Then water spins through turbines, creating a magnetic field that puts power onto the grid.
2: That's in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it in that, obviously,
6: but...
7: The water then flows through Morrow Point and Crystal before joining the Colorado River near Grand Junction. Three similar reservoirs in Wyoming, Utah, and Arizona create the entire Colorado River storage project. At the opposite end of Blue Mesa, Nikki Gibney, the aquatic ecologist for Curricante National Recreation Area, and Black Canyon National Park, explains how Blue Mesa's landscape has changed dramatically.
0: So where we're standing, we would be underwater, and we call this over here sometimes island because we're right now, we're standing on a peninsula, and so when the water is at full pool, that is actually an island over there, which it seems like it's very far away from being an island right yeah. now.
7: <laughs> Kirikanti National Recreation Area manages activities in and around the reservoir and keeping the waters accessible to visitors is one of the park's top priorities. But Gibney says it's becoming more difficult with low water levels.
0: I think we're kind of struggling with how to do that because everything is just an unknown right now, Um, and it's new territory for all of us.
7: The Colorado River Compact is an agreement between seven western states that defines how water in the Colorado River Basin is divided obligations in the compact to release water downstream is one reason for Blue Mesa's low levels. But the biggest culprit is the two-decade-long drought. Eric Kuhn, the former director of the Colorado River District, says when the compact was written in 1922, the river was unusually wet, and today it's unusually dry.
1: And climate change has had a big, big impact on the river. So this equitable division that they came up with 100 years ago didn't consider the impacts of climate
7: change. Kuhn says the compact can't just be rewritten or revised, but it may be reinterpreted to reflect modern water supply challenges like drought and climate change, which are felt at every step along the nearly 1500 mile river. For KBUT's Headwater Series, I'm Stephanie Maltrich.
1: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for showers and thunderstorms tonight with a low around 55 degrees. Friday, there's a 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a high around 70 degrees and a low in the mid-50s. Saturday, expect mostly sunny skies with a high in the mid-70s. There is a chance of showers and thunderstorms. Saturday night calls for partly cloudy skies with a low around 55 degrees. This has been the news for Thursday, July 14th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.